What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Muscle, and this is another Two Line Music Cuts Entertainment Report podcast. And today, we have a real special guest in the building. Listen, this man is a Grammy-nominated artist. He also has monster hits like Blood Money, Who Knows, Rasta Love, and he has a brand new album called In Search of Last Time. You know we have in the building today? We have Protégé in the building today. What's going on, Big Boss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you stay? We're there in a Kingston. We're there in a Kingston, a Jamaica. As my dad tell us, we get some nice sunshine because we've been a flood out. So the place yeah. kind of crazy right now, but it's good to be talking to you. Proper, proper. Thank you for joining us here, right here on the Entertainment Report podcast. Listen, I want to actually go back in your career and figure out what actually made you want to become an artist in the first place and when was it? Everybody in Jamaica love music and want to be part of music. My mother was a big singer as well too, so I kind of knew it was possible to be an artist. Then outside of that now, I just feel like I start getting enamored by the culture, both hip-hop music and dancehall music, and I just start practice songs until I learn songs, until I start doing my own songs, and, and then I realize people were like always going crazy, so I would be like, yo, Maybe I'm good at this, and then once I realized that I had a talent, then I started to practice more. Okay. Do you remember the first song you recorded and actually what it sounded like to you? Like recorded? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I remember it. Yeah. And what did it sound like hearing your own voice back in actual musical style at first? That's a good question. I think learning my hearing my voice let me realize what I didn't want to sound like or what I didn't like or what made me feel weird or what made me feel awkward. And, and then I was like, all right, well, I like this, I like that. And then I started to form my sound. So it was very important getting to hear my, hear my voice. Okay. And when did you actually become comfortable with your style and your delivery and everything? I was comfortable from a long time, but I think when I did a song called Arguments mm -hmm. in 2009 and I was like, hold on, this sounds, this sounds really um, good. Like this sounds like something I would, I would listen to. So I got super excited. Like, yo, I think I'm onto something. And the good thing with that is you're saying from 2009 and right now we're in 2020. This is like 11 years later. And the thing I like with your style, you sound fresh every time you hear. You always sound like you're like a new artist just trying to make it. I think um, I think why, why that is, is because I spend a lot of time trying to reinvent my sound. I spend a lot of time trying to make sure that... Um, what you're hearing sounds sounds new and sounds improved and sounds like an upgrade, you know? It's like an update, an up yeah. an upgrade as well. Yeah. But it's like you're updating your your OS. So, you know, 2018 Protege is not two thousand it's not twenty twenty. And then you also can remember how that era of my sound sound it now i mean so so if you go you can you, you can probably say 
you know, an ancient future, he was like, he sounded like this, and a matter of time, he sounded like this, and in search of last times, a different vibe. So that's what I think keeps people interested after 11 years of releasing songs. Crazy. That, that's a long time because what somebody sounded like over a decade ago to right now, it's like you could tell it's like, okay, they're seasoned. They've been in it a while. They form the style and they just stay in that style because they know that's what works. But with you now, it's like you always want to continue to climb the mountain and see what's up there. See what else is there. See what else is there. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you saying that because um, I really... That's exactly how I think, you know, that's exactly the way I try to approach what I'm doing. You're getting an interesting interview today because we're actually driving through Kingston and talking to you, you know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an eventful, it's an eventful interview. Traffic is crazy. It's our second day of sunlight in three weeks. And you know, so we love light and sun, so, yeah. you know, the road busy. Everybody, I try to catch up on things for them not get to do. And it's wild, but you know, at the same time, is seeing this while I'm talking to you does remind me of like why Jamaica so special and uh, why the music is the way it is, you know? Yeah, for sure. You know what? Usually I would have you in the studio here, it would be a controlled environment, and we'd sit down and talk and do what we're doing. But what I've noticed lately is these style of interviews where you get the real raw, rugged. It brings you in. It really brings a viewer in to really see what's going on outside of the real. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt, man. I feel that, man. Real talk, real talk. Yeah. Okay. Right now, I would consider you the leader of the reggae revival. I know it was something that you and um, I think John Nine actually discussed and just started to come up with it. How did that come around? Just the eagerness to be a part of something great, something special, something larger than just yourself and and going out seeking out sounds and ideologies and styles that complement each other and spending time nurturing it and spending time making sure that the connections are being made and through that um, many musical relationships develop that are still that have not also developed but developed and spawned like others you know so it's like it's like there's like a, a like a family tree of like you know the new music that's coming out and um, I, i'm just glad to be a part of something this special for sure and we know where you're like how long now have you really been doing this reggae revival well, it's not really we been doing it, but you know what, in terms of like, I would have said, you don't know, we started, I just said about 2011 is when, 2012, you know, with the emergence of um, Chronics and Habaka, same way, and Jesse and, you know, Raging Fire and a lot of us at that, that point in time was, a, I would say, a big turning point. And I think, I think if we pay close attention now exactly you know you know nine years almost ten years later we see a new movement as well really happening in the music and and a lot of it is centered around the success that the women are having you know so we see what's happening with coffee and leela savannah jazz naomi shensia stark jada kingdom like a lot of women are really it's like almost like a movement happening so 
you know, every decade something interesting happens musically, you know. Yeah. You know what? Since you brought up the women, I know when it comes to you and indig- indignation collection, that's what is it. It's you, Leela, Savannah, and then just recently added Jazzalise. All right. What was it that you seen in Leela when you first seen her and Savannah when you first seen them to say, you know what? There's something about you. Well, I mean, if you've ever seen Leela or, 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 or anything, is that if that should be an immediate answer. Just her presence alone is is this is this um this ball of fire, this 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 um this magnificent blaze and there's no way to look at it like see it, hear it, hear the sounds, hear the vibes feel the energy and not be like like immediately like engulfed in her entire presence and then Savannah too she she when I heard her sing the first time like my body had a physical reaction you know like my the hair in the back of my my neck was like you know and like I, I got goosebumps and everything so I was like I was like both of them were like life-changing days for me. I was like, what is, what am I hearing and seeing here? And for both of them, they just have every aspect of what you need to have as an artist. Like, they have all, all areas, you understand? So those are just two no-brainers. For sure. And at that time, when you had first met them, were you actually looking for artists or that just made sense and that was just the right thing to do to actually put it together i always had the intention of looking of having an artist but i wasn't ready like meaning as a label i wasn't ready when savannah when savannah came on scene but i couldn't i had to get ready you know like savannah is why is almost you would say she's the catalyst that started me taking it seriously because I was like I have to get serious for it, like and and do this in a way if I'm gonna work with Savannah and that kind of made start me building my label you know yeah and the label that we're talking about here is Indignation Collective all right just the name alone I really like it because it's not crew it's not label it's nothing it's a collective and once you have a collective that definitely means you have something going on with like-minded people towards the same goal all right how yeah for sure and not just that like it it encompasses like you know visual visual creators illustrators like a lot of aspects to it so we make everything in-house you know like my album cover all 10 visualizers all of that stuff is done in-house like a lot of the videos a lot of the art direction the styling a lot of that stuff is 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 done in-house and um i just think I just think that that makes it sustainable, especially now in a time where you can't travel, you can't be doing the same things you used to, you're still able to survive and to put out content and music. Because it's all in-house and that makes sense. So somebody like you, how important is it for you to actually control your image and your videos and stuff that comes out? Control in terms of having the final decision, very important. 
but in, I don't micromanage my visual artists. Like I, I hire them because I know that they are um, capable, and I just stay out of their way. That's the type of that's how I work. You know, everybody has different strategy, but I, I spend most of my time trying to make the right decision, the right personal decisions, so I don't have to spend the time after actually trying to be over involved in the work. So I just know trust people to do their job and sometimes they say yo i think this will be dope and even if i'm not sold on the idea i'm like yo most of the times they know what they're talking about so let me go with that and i just kind of go with the flow that makes sense and another long time collaborator that i know you've been working with for a while now is winter james how did that connection come about in the first place just um Met him at studio one time. He sent a rhythm, was Rootsman rhythm. I liked it. I told him I couldn't record it, but I liked his sound. Send me some other stuff. He just started to send me beats and everything he would send me. I was I was super impressed with, and then we just kind of started to do that, and that turned into two albums, and um, learned a lot, made a lot of good music, and then um, yeah, yeah, crazy. Right now, I know you put out this crazy, crazy, crazy new album called In Search of Lost Time. But even before I talk about that, I want to go through something because all of your albums seem to have something to do with time, future, time and stuff like that. Are you into numerology or what's the, what is it behind all of those names? Here? I'm into the study of time. I'm into how we spend our time. I'm into like the fact that we think, we say that time, we can't get back time. But, but we still we don't cherish it, and um, I'm interested in trying to make the most out of my time. So it's like a thing I always obsess up about or study or try to find out about, and so I put it into my music as a reminder. Yeah, great answer there. So yeah, in search of last time, this dropped right now. This dropped about the last couple of weeks ago. It dropped. What was the thinking behind in search of last time? Just that being stuck, being seeing all the things I haven't got to to see, like spending time with my family more, realizing that my parents are getting older, realizing my daughter is growing up, things like that, and knowing that, wow, I've literally spent the last seven, eight years touring nonstop, and now I'm not, and I'm getting a taste of what life is like under different circumstances. So just going through those emotions, speaking about them. It makes sense. All right. Ten wicked, crazy, crazy tracks. Yeah. Let, me tell, let me tell you what I felt, and then you'll tell me what it was supposed to be. To me, when I spoke to Leela, I told her that her project melt me, made me feel like I just wanted to listen to it and float away. When I listen to your project now, it's almost like fine cognac. Like you just want it on the rocks and just listen to it, and it's just that good. Um... Explain to me why you said to Leah. That her her project made me feel like I just wanted to go outside, light some incense, and float away. Okay, okay. Yes. Your project now was a totally it's it's a totally different feel, but it's all the same. And I don't know how you guys do that where everybody's completely different, but you guys are the same at the exact same time. That's the part that really that's the mysterious part right there. That's why I explain your album is like like a fine cognac that you're going to have on the rocks and sip it and sip it until it's done. 
Well, there was some fine cognac on the rocks while I was recording it, so, <laughs> so maybe, maybe it seeped through. But um, yeah, yo, you know what it is, is that me, Lila, Savannah, are, we reason a lot about music, you understand? So, but in terms of, not say about how we want the music to sound, but just what we are feeling. And we, we all go off our feeling, and I think we all recorded the album at the same place. And you know, up at studio is a feeling, and um, I learned a lot from them, the, the women, because like they, you know, they really know how to express themselves and what they're going through. And women, I think, overall are more free in expressing themselves, their true, their true selves, and seeing them record, speak about things that they wanted to speak about. It just felt like everybody was sharing with each other. And it's like, you know, it's like Leela be like, yo, I can't wait to hear what Sev, what Sev are going to be saying. And it's like when my project, I dropped them up, you know, so it's like, it's that. So the music sounds cohesive, but completely different. I know what you mean. And it, it just gives a feeling and different feelings in the but It's all, it's all warm. Everything feels warm, you know, and that's the, that's the vibe we're trying to do. For sure, one hundred percent understand that. Listen to the album back and front, front and back. One of my favorite songs is "Loyalty" featuring Popcorn because it seems like you you really went into your bag for that one. There, you got really personal on that one. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a vibe. We did that song. Big up Zaya. We did that song um, in in like the first day we ever went to the studio to work. Um, uh, um, the new studio and that song I was just thinking about my real friends that I've known forever and who really helped me and that I'm glad that you know I got to bring one of them to the Grammys with me and I'm glad that um, the people who have helped me and along the way get to you know just know that I appreciate them and 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 then I knew Popcorn would fit on the song because he's someone who gets these type of things you know he's always singing about people who have always helped him so I think that, and plus me and Popcorn and our song is like, that's hard to mess up, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. The first song that I actually heard off of the album, which was crazy too, was In Bloom with Leela. That right there, I felt like you guys came right out of the 70s and went right into 2020. Just that the sound, the feel, the visualizer, everything about that was just so perfect. No argument from me here, bro. I yeah. said that's a perfect song. If there's a, if I've ever made one, like there's nothing I would change in it. And Lila was a dream on that. She was floating. She was just in a different, just floating in a different space. And natural high with that beat, Danny Basie on the bass line. You know, the vocals sounding like, like I would even say the background vocals sound like some 50s, 60s type of, Yes. You know, it's just really vintage, very vintage, one of my favorite songs, and I still think I want to do like a complete visual for it as well. Yeah, no, for sure. And then now you went from that 70s kind of feel right over to this modern feel with coffee on Switch It Up. Wicked, wicked, wicked track there. How did that come around? Just know it's me need something sick with me and coffee. Me and coffee, I do a song. It have to be one of the baddest songs in our, in our generation, you know? Like, coffee grew up listening to my music and and coffee bring a whole new style, a new segment, you know? Just a whole 
So you know what I mean? Like me, I study her, you know them way that is like yeah. it's our vibe. So it's like for be on a song together and and really go at it, like we really went for it. It was it was very very how do I say you now? Um it's full circle. To me it's full circle. I think people love it and same way can't wait to put some visuals to that and let people see us vibing and see how that goes crazy crazy and one other song here i wanted to ask you about here was a vibe with uh wiz khalifa how did that come around because that's now this is where you went totally left field and you made it work how did that come around had that song from 2016 super dupes um brought it to me and told me that Boom. um told me that yo he thinks this really fits me and i worked on it and I was like I need a rapper and I want Wiz Khalifa and, and it's not till like months before the album came out my um, person who signed me Archie just sent me a, a, the wave file to my iMessage and I was like yo it's crazy and and yeah that's just how it happened just like that yeah no that's crazy because what I like with it you didn't go try to go into his world you brought him into your world usually when uh, a reggae dance hall or somebody from jamaica is doing a song with somebody a foreigner they try to go into their world but you brought wiz khalifa into your world and that's what i find amazing give thanks man we just try to stay authentic even if the music have a hip-hop feel or something just me being me i gotta always make it jamaican it's not i don't have to try to be authentic we just do what me I do. At the end of the day, everybody knows that Jamaica culture is like the the highest, um, what you call it now, most influential to me of all time. And and modern popular music has a lot to, a lot of, sh- should have a lot of respect for Jamaica music because a lot of things that are happening really has or- originated here. Good to go. All right, I got two questions for you before I get you out of here. Okay. This is what I want to know. The album is called In Search of Lost Time. We've all been down for the past eight months. Did you find back any of this time that you were actually looking for? Nice, nice. I don't think anybody has asked me this so far. I think, yeah, I'm a catch back sometime, but time gone can never be regained, you know. So it's more like I'm making more use now of this time that I have in this situation and finding a balance mm-hmm. i know but you know at the same time you really miss, like i haven't traveled in a while i haven't been in front of people i haven't performed i don't do these things so you know you, you, you're 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 gaining in one thing you're losing in the other and that's a lesson of life as well yeah understandable last one here and this is usually my first one how did you come up with the name protege and what does that represent Came up with it, my virgin Everflow, who is also a dope artist coming up with some good stuff soon. He gave me that name and kept my real name, OJE, in the name. So that's how it came about. And then uh, obviously to be a student of music like I am, it really fits. So that's how it came about. But yeah, big up on the new album. Big up to all the producers. My first album where I worked with more than one producer. So all of the people ayatash zaya gray natural high um super dopes winter was on it as well um who else worked on the project um i think that's that that was it and um jll uh, all all of the people then because the, the 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 
the music right now that we're making out here is very, very, it's very, very innovative and fresh. And as I say, just look forward to more and more stuff coming out. For sure. As I said, that was the last question. This is what I want to say to you. Listen, you're always surrounded by women. I know the last time you went to the Grammys, you were nominated. Listen, you see when you actually win your Grammy, you know it's going to be a woman that's going to present it to you. You know that, right? I think so. Right. I know that 100%. All right. All right. Let's say our word, brother. All right. So then they could check out the album on Spotify. All leading platforms, check it out. In Search of Last Time, Protégé. Trust me. Thank you so very much. Let me give you an outro and get you out of here, my brother. All okay. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out. Ah, uh, blessed love. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusichut.com.